The worst kept secret in the luxury social events industry is that businesses are developed through networking, referrals and word of mouth. RSVP puts all of you in the room and lets the conversations happen. We are a member networking community for the elite of the global wedding and party industry, producing symposium conferences, awards, networking theme parties, breakfast clubs, and now weekly member podcasts and much more. So welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With podcast. My guest today describes herself thus. I'm a mix of Chinese, English, and Spanish cultures. I often get confused as to where my cultural loyalties should lie, and I prefer to being a cultural chameleon. A lover of baking, and I've won two work-off bake-off competitions. Eating cake is a solution to every problem. I love being active, whether it is working, connecting with friends, eating great food, or going to see a show. My friends and family, four-footed ones especially, are the most important things in my life. Cheesy jokes are a must. With a hotel background of over 10 years, having worked the Ritz in London and the Marriott, I live, breathe weddings and events. I love colour, good music, and having memorable experiences with those I love. Welcome, Emma Murray-Jones. Hi, James. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. No problem. How are you doing today? Yeah, very good. Thank you. And yourself? Uh, and yes. And you're I'm in London? Yes, I am. Yes, yes. And you, you work, you're a bit of a, I mean, this podcast isn't really about your professional life, but you are a bit of a unique soul in that you do three jobs. You, you work in a hotel doing wedding and event planning. You work for yourself as an independent planner and you do some work for RSVP. So, I mean, um, you are quite unique. <laughs> so you are a very special person to me and, and to the industry. But um, Thank you, James. Yes, That's very kind. No problem. So let's just talk about yourself now. In terms of your childhood, your upbringing, tell me where you started off and where you started life and what your life was like in the very beginning. Gosh, so I was born in Hong Kong, grew up there until 1997 with my parents and that is sort of the foundation of my love of Chinese food, especially dim sum. Apparently when I was little I was very particular about which dim sum I would eat and I would just eat that. And then in 1997 my family moved to Spain and with the handover quite a lot of people left Hong Kong and my father wanted to go somewhere warm and somewhere sunny so I started the village school in my village with three words of Spanish which was interesting <laughs> <laughs> and then my English got really bad so I then went to school in England and have been here ever since. Okay wonderful and um, your father was a unique person uh, do you want to tell us any more about him I mean he was he, he was in the war wasn't he I understand. Yeah so there is a bit of a weird age situation in my family but yeah, I'm very proud of my father. He fought the Second World War in submarines and had a lot of really interesting stories to to share. And I find it really interesting, like his view on the world. I asked him once what, you know, what was his favourite time of his life? And he did say the war because everyone was busy. Everyone was doing something. Everyone had a common goal. And I kind of relate to that time in COVID when we were all so united but so separated you know every everyone was doing the nhs clapping um everyone just felt like we were in this together and i feel like that must have been a similar similar experience wonderful wonderful okay so you were brought up in spain yes and you still have a house there don't you you still have a residence yes, there my, yes my mum has a has a farm in spain with 
cows. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> so can you can you remember, apart from being choosy about your dim sum in Hong Kong, can you remember a first memory? Yes, I remember going to see The Lion King in the Pacific Place cinema. Um, and I remember, you know, we used to go on long walks, which is something that I still really enjoy. I remember some weekends um, going on, lots of people would have junks um, or like would hire them for the day. And I remember going out and book that for the day. And I remember once my dad took me to see the pink dolphins, which are actually genuinely pink, which are really special, especially as like a six-year-old girl. It's like the most exciting thing you've ever seen. But sadly, they are not, well, they're basically extinct, which is very sad. And when did you move over from Spain to the UK? So I got sent to boarding school when I was nine, just because my English was really bad, like writing was a struggle. And my parents still stayed in Spain, which was really nice, could spend all my holidays there. And I also have family in the UK as well, so, so brothers, half-brothers and sisters. So, yeah, it was really nice to spend time with them. So when you say your English was bad, did, did you speak Cantonese or Mandarin? Or My first language has always been English. Okay. And I spoke always a bit of Cantonese <laughs> from Hong Kong and with my mum. And then when we moved to Spain, because all the classes were in Spanish, my Spanish got really good and then my English spelling got really bad. Okay. And I remember there was a point where it's like a seven-year-old kid um, I'm going to really regret admitting this, but I used, I used to love Barbies <laughs> and uh, like making my house look really pretty. And uh, I remember there was a point where I could no longer play in English. I'd have to do it in Spanish. And I think it was just not using my English as much. I mean, it's never like I could mm-hmm. speak. It yeah. was just more my spelling was really bad and things like that. So how did you actually fall into the event industry? I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if you were to be really analytical, in my final year of university, I helped with some friends organise the Leeds Community Association Chinese New Year event. Uh, so I studied Mandarin and Spanish at university. And um, that was kind of the first big event and we had to go around and find people to take part. Um, I was very proud because I got someone to do face painting and the association got a cut of the proceeds. And it was a really wonderful family orientated event. And that was that person took the most money because all the kids were like, I want face painting. Um, so that if I had to be really analytical, I would say that is like the start of ever being connected to any event. <laughs> but I, I panicked after university. I really wanted a job. I really wanted to be independent. I really wanted to learn. And I ended up as the, I applied um, to work at the Ritz. And they offered me the position of food and beverage management trainee. And then I spent six months in the events team and loved mm-hmm. it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So let's just talk about art forms. Everybody in this industry is creative. So what's your favorite art form? I don't think I have one. I think it's really hard. I think every art form is unique and beautiful in its own way and shows, you know, just such expression. Um, I'm really interested at the immersive art that, that's sort of appearing now. And I think that's a whole new way of expressing yourself. And I'm really, I find it really interesting how that immersive video art is now, how that's transcending into the event industry. Have you been to the frame store in Marble Arch? No, but I want to go. I was literally talking about that last night. I really want to go. Um, I feel like that sort of immersive feel is where events are going we're all looking at how our events can be appeal more to senses 
um, you know, everyone's the focus is on food, drink, flowers. But I think, especially with our events at RSVP, how you can be more aversive, more interactive is where a lot of events are going as a trend. And I think that this immersive art form at some point will really connect and has already with events. The thing about the the frame story it was it is its purpose built for that. So you are in a 360 box with with pro, yes, with projections video. going all around you. That's very very difficult to transpose into a hotel or something. So to get the full experience, I think you probably need to go to Frame Store and then you do uh, from that point of view, which is great. You know, it's it's a good business model for them. It's interesting to see how you could transpose some of that elements into an event space such as a hotel ballroom or something. Yes, I think it would be more tricky. Um, but I think it would just be really interesting to see how that would be possible. And I think that's kind of the next level that's coming. So who's your favourite artist? I love Monet and Degas. I think they're just amazing. I love kind of the different colours that Monet uses. I, I suppose it's a bit cliche, but I love his lily <laughs> painting. Um, I love, is it Stubbs? He was a, did amazing painting. Yes, correct, yes. His work is really beautiful. I mean, I love anything animal related. I just think anything that has movement and captures light, I find that really interesting, like that contrast, the shadow, you know, capturing movement is really hard. Okay. And how about music? You were you were booging away last week at the party. <laughs> I have a I I like cheesy music. <laughs> Don't we all? Music that you kind of know and can sing along and just, you know, be yourself. I I did go to a lot of like electro techno gigs at uni and they're great but i will always i prefer like a bit of cheese and just okay. you know just fun music that you know everyone knows and enjoys i mean it was the first gig that you went to from a from a band that is memorable so i was trying to think about this in preparation to today and i don't know what my first gig is i think it must have been at uni there was quite a lot of techno gigs and then maybe in china we used to go to quite a lot of big club nights but um, I can't put my finger on sort of the first gig. But is there a memorable concert of maybe che cheesy music you've been to? I remember seeing Ed Sheeran, like before he was big, at a concert in London. And I remember thinking, wow, he was really good. Uh, and then he kind of exploded. So that was really interesting. And favourite film? Or genre of film? TV show? My favourite film ever is We Dive at Dawn. It's an old black and white with John Mills. I used to love watching it with my dad and he said it was the best representation of like what it was like being a submarine. Mm -hmm. But I love a good rom-com. Watching the last season of Outlander, which I adore. And um, they're just some really great. I feel like the this whole explosion of amazing TV shows, um, like the new Lord of the Rings one, the new um, Game of Thrones, I think they're just so amazing. Um, and I loved Grace and Frankie on Netflix. That was hilarious. And great to see like some really amazing women be so relatable to women of any age. That's where um, the, the, the husband comes out as gay or something, isn't it? I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah it's brilliant. It's Jane, Jane Fonda, is it? I think. Yeah. 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 It's Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Yes. Yes. And it's the guy from, from West Wing. I forget his name. Um, I want to say Ma Michael Sheen. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, there we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I just found it really funny, really relatable, and um, just absolutely hilarious. And I'd, you know, life's too short to watch things that make you sad. Now, do you have a special talent that that comes out when you're too drunk, or you're in the right mood, 
what's your hidden talent? What's the amazing thing about EMJ that we that we don't know and think, oh my God, yes, yeah, she, she she can do that. I don't know, James. I really don't know. I was I guess I was really <laughs> not sure what to say about this. I mean, I like baking. <laughs> my friends will tell me when we go out that I love shops. <laughs> um, but I think that's that's because I'm I'm really <laughs> economical. Okay. You know, hold a drink, it gets built. Um, I really don't know. I I suppose I just. I love being, I love ensuring, like I love hosting and having people over and just making sure they're having a good time and just being around my friends. Okay. So we're doing a bake-off. It's an open brief. There's no brief. You can, you could, you just yeah. produce your own showstopper. What will it be? Oh, it's a no-brainer. It's my carrot cake. And d does it have the cream frosting on top? And, and yes, it's, yes, it's a classic ca yes, carrot is, cake. Yes, this is the carrot cake that's one, two different bakers. All right, okay, okay. Well, well, hopefully at some point I'll get to taste it in the in, <laughs> I hope they do. in the future. Anyway, okay. RSVP bake off in the coming. <laughs> well, look, you know that we do crazy things, and 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 <laughs> most of them come out of just a stray comment sometimes. So I mean, the the breakfast clubs were starting in August came out of a stray comment, didn't they? And Look how much work yeah. you're having to put into that now. So, <laughs> so um, we we can do an RSVP bake off at some point, right? Okay. That would be amazing. So, in ten years' time, what will EMJ be doing? And that's the person, not the company, obviously. I would like to have my family uh -huh. hopefully be spending time between UK and Spain, enjoying that. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> it's a very hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. But d doing the same thing, uh, still working yes. in events, planning the same, obviously, but. Bigger and better events, obviously. Do you want to work more internationally? I'd like to work more in Spain, okay. um, especially like in my region. Um, there's a lot of options there. There's a lot of possibilities. It's a beautiful place, beautiful backdrop. The weather's great. You don't really have to worry too much about inside or outside, which is what we had to do uh -huh. last week. So I'd really love to kind of do more there and, and in a way give back to the community as well. Uh -huh. It's just so beautiful. And I think, you know, understanding the language, understanding the culture, you know, I can really bring that to life in an, in an event in a different way. Wonderful. Okay. Now, I think you've been through your favorite food. It's Chinese, isn't it? It's all Asian. It's all it's Asian fusion. <laughs> Asian food. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. I can't go, I can't <laughs> go a week without eating something Asian. Okay. It's, it's okay. very hard. So, okay. So you're at home at the moment uh, in SW1. You, uh, you're throwing a dinner party. Yes. And what food would you be preparing? Oh, that's a different question. Then I have a, I have a, <laughs> as my boyfriend tells me, I have a standard, and I do, a standard <laughs> dinner party. Okay. I like to do smoked salmon terrine to start. <laughs> and then I have, I do very nice uh, leg of lamb with an olive tapenade. Oh. With dauphinoise potatoes, leeks and carrots, cut julienne, and then a pudding. Maybe like a crumble <laughs> or... Wonderful. Um, make a very good roulade or lots um, of French influences here. I think <laughs> you trained Cordon Bleu chef of some kind. No, no, I did. I did ten years ago a two week kicking course because I was never really very good at kicking, and some of those things have just sort of stayed with me and never really. I have. I've sort of just grasped them as staples. Okay, so you have your food. You have your leg of lamb and your smoked salmon terrine. And then we come to the drinks. So you, if you had any bar in the world with every single drink you could possibly imagine behind it, and you go to that bar, what do you order? Peugeot, better pop. Okay. And I'm not paying. 
<laughs> yes, and and it's, it's, it's free bar drinks. It's yeah. all free. It's all free. So <laughs> Perrier Jouet Belle Epoque French Champagne. I remember tasting that at the Ritz. We used to do monthly champagne tasting, and the houses would come in and explain the origin. And I just remember drinking this Perrier Jouet Belle Epoque and just going, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" I haven't had it since, but it's just kind of stayed in my mind as just being amazing. Is it is that a special vintage of Perrier Jouet, or is it a standard? Bottle. I think it's a special vintage if memory serves and it has all the beautiful design on the bottle as the well. The Nouveau style, yes, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It was served in the Moulin Rouge, wasn't it, in the late 1800s, I think. That's where it all came from. I think yeah. so, yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so you, you're serving your Perrier Jouet Belle Epoque. You have your leg, which probably doesn't go very well with leg of lamb, but never mind. It's okay. <laughs> More of the salmon tarie to start. So who is round the table? Anybody, alive or dead? Who's your dream dinner party guest? I would love to invite, gosh, this is such a hard question. And again, it's just been so difficult to, to think of answers for these. Um, so I'd love to have David Attenborough. Mm -hmm. It's still possible. I know. Mm -hmm. just, just about. <laughs> um, <laughs> David Attenborough. I'd love to meet Queen mm -hmm. as well. I feel like there's a bit of a trend here. I think Winston Churchill would be an amazing dinner guest. Mm -hmm. I think he would just have some incredible stories. Yeah, but he, he might... he'd want to drink Paul Roger, I'm afraid. I yes, know, yeah. I know. He might have to switch campaigns. Yeah. We'll just not tell him. Mm -hmm. He might not realise. <laughs> I think it would be really interesting to have like someone like Elizabeth um, Taylor. Mm -hmm. And I'd love it if my dad could be there too. Wonderful. Okay. If, if Elizabeth Taylor is there, just just watch out. He doesn't. She doesn't steal your boyfriend for her for her husband number nine or ten or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd have just, to sit them at opposite uh, ends of the table. Yes, yes. <laughs> or maybe your father. <laughs> <laughs> that would um, that would be the the ultimate great yes. sort of uh, life finale. Yes, finale, wouldn't it? Sort of married to Elizabeth Taylor. Right, wonderful, oh wonderful. Okay, and I think it's probably Spain, but. Where do you go to chill out? What's your favourite country in the world? If if I said you can go anywhere for two weeks just to do nothing, where would it be? Well, it would be Spain, but my boyfriend and I actually went to St Lucia in January for two weeks. It? And it was blissful in the sense that we did nothing, just read and relaxed on the beach, which I absolutely loved. I was literally falling asleep every night at like 9, 10 o'clock. We were right by the sea. And it was just really special. Um, so I'd, I'd actually go there again because I love going to Spain, but because it's a home, there's always something to do. There's always like you need to fix something or fix some paperwork. Um, Spain is notoriously long in bureaucracy. Getting everything done. Okay. Yes, exactly. I heard that water there is is very expensive. So if you have a swimming pool, it's an absolute nightmare. Um, to, what instantly? No, no, sorry, in Spain, in Spain. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, we we have a well on the farm, oh. so we're okay. But yeah, there's been a not a lot of rain in the last few years. Uh -huh. so it's getting water's becoming a, a problem, uh -huh. or will be a problem. Yeah. Right. We're gonna go to the naughty stuff now. Okay. okay. So you know what Room One Hundred and One is? There's a there's a yes. TV show. It's it's a George Orwell co concept. You put things in Room One. 101 that you don't like so what's going to go into room 101 it could be anybody it could be any person it could be anything it, it, could, it could be a country it could be a food anything you want mosquitoes 
Okay. Okay. Well, I don't think anyone will ever object to you putting mosquitoes in there. I mean, uh, there's no there's no controversy there, is there, Emma? No. <laughs> no, I react really badly to, okay. to mosquitoes like okay. Boris Johnson. Okay. Okay. Well, that, oh, oh, that's a good one. But I think he might be already in there or halfway in there now. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Want to put Trump in there with him? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. No problem. It's done. Good suggestion. There we go. Good it's suggestion. Done. In fact, I'll help you kick him in there. It's fine. Good. Anything else? Is, is there any food you just can't go anywhere near? Chicken's feet. Chicken's feet. Well, that's a good Chinese delicacy, though, isn't it? It's yeah. yeah. I just I can't. My great aunt's amazing. She'll put a whole one uh-huh. in her mouth, and then like five minutes later, there's like a really delicate, beautiful <laughs> bone, part of bones. And I just I really I just can't bring myself to do it. It's like with the oh, nails. Oh, yeah. I just I just really I I've eaten duck's tongue, which was uh-huh. actually really delicious. I've eaten duck's heart, which is really delicious, and the sea slugs, they're yeah. really, really good. But I just, oh. I, I can't eat, I just can't put, yeah. I can't put that in my mouth. No, it's okay. Chicken speak. And licorice, I don't like licorice, so that's okay. in room 101 as well. Okay, so what's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? Again, this is such a hard question, James. I mean, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not very bad. I think at school... Two of the worst things I've done, we used to set the mm-hmm. fire alarm off at school in the middle of the night to do full school evacuation <laughs> at like midnight. Was this, it, was this in boarding school? <laughs> yes, that was so much fun. But but they knew where, which, where it had gone <laughs> off, so I'm not quite sure why why we, you know, we've got so in did, trouble after. Did you smash the thing or just... No, you spray right, deodorant okay. into it and it goes off. God, you know what you're doing, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you quite bored at boarding school? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it actually. Once once I got used to it, I really enjoyed it. And then there was another time where you were allowed to go into the t- nearby town that my parents hadn't signed the consent form, but some of my Is friends it? signed me out because you yeah. needed to be three to go out. And they came back absolutely plastered. And we were what in our they were like what 50 we were like 15 14 i just to the clarity i hadn't gone i wasn't drunk i was i you know giddy t-shirt and they came back and the teachers were like why you know why are you drunk why is emma not and why are you drunk at this age at school and they came out with this story about being in a pub and i someone had given them drinks and i've been outside on the phone to my cousin and it just became this 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 thing and I was literally sitting there going I do not know what to do because it was it was just awful so you went out and you didn't drink even though you have the opportunities I didn't know I was in school I didn't even leave so you took a one for the team <laughs> in a way yes I mean they they owned up in the end but I I just stayed silent so I just literally didn't know what to do I was like who did what do I do in this situation um but I suppose those the sort of worst things I've ever done not really yeah oh, sorry dear. to disappoint James no no it's, that's, that's okay it's better than other people's I must admit. <laughs> this is the confessional there although you said a little bit about being naughty oh. but is there something that you want to get off your chest is there something that you did once you know uh, the, the, the classic example is that you know my I smashed a window with a football but my brother got the blame you know but and, and, and that's a classic one kind of growing up but is, is there something that you want to confess to i used to hide sweets as a child any imaginative places <laughs> where you hid them in the grandfather clock at home i wasn't allowed them i used to hide them in there well, so you bought them 
and then you hid them in the grandfather clock because you know yeah. your mother would find them if if they're anywhere else. Yes, I mean that's a, again I I'm very good at shoes growing up and as a child. But yes, I think that's I think I'm trying to rack my brain in terms of what's the worst thing. I mean, I suppose in hotels, something that's not really done is I remember when I was leaving the Ritz. It was one of my last weeks. I went to chef and went, please, can I have something to eat? And bless him, he hit me in a beautiful dish. But um, I, suppose, I suppose I love a canapé. And when I see canapés going past, it's really hard to resist. So what's your favourite candy, your favourite sweet that you hid in the grandfather clock? Do you remember? Oh, I used to hide the dizzy cola bottles. <laughs> God, I I still love them. I remember, I really do. That's so good. That's so good. And then you can get those blue fizzy ones, blue and red, in the in the cinema. Yeah, you, yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, I was about to say you you can get the cherry ones as well. I yeah. Mean, it's, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. We'll have to go to the cinema and eat fruit <laughs> and do a pick and mix in, in terms of cola bottles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, we're coming to the end of our session now. I'm afraid. So thank you very much, Emma Murray Jones. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Okay. But so, Emma Murray Jones, dim sum aficionado, Barbie doll babe, whose home and heart is in Spain, inventor of grandfather clock confectionery, and the lady <laughs> who is very choosy about what she puts in her mouth. Thank you, Emma <laughs> Murray Jones. Apart from cola bottles. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for listening to this RSVP podcast. If you'd like to go onto our mailing list or join RSVP, then please go to our website at rsvp.club or email me at james at rsvp.club. Please keep your feedback coming and speak to you all next week.